Hey, you know, I'm in the radio studio when we're rocking the NFL Films music at the start of another We Tackle Life podcast. Hi, everybody. It's June the 24th. A historic day. Yes. Roe versus Wade overturned today. Uh, a lot of you, uh, I assume, are happy about that. Some of you probably are not happy about that. Uh, we'll touch on it a little bit in the faith portion of the podcast. But we will endeavor to not be as uh, politically uh, immersed in this podcast as we are in the regular uh, Bruce Hooley show on 98.9 The Answer in Columbus and 94.5 in Dayton. Love to have you join me for that show anytime your schedule permits or catch the podcast at theanswerdayton.com or at 989theanswer.com. You can, of course, uh, find the We Tackle Life podcast on your favorite podcast platform, or maybe you're a subscriber, which would be awesome. If you are a subscriber, I appreciate it very much. We will talk today about the NBA draft, about the Cavaliers not picking Malachi Branham. We'll have a guest who's seeking to make history in Ohio golfing circles. And a decision has finally come down in the great Arch Manning sweepstakes. And it has an Ohio State angle to it. So all that yet to come. I would love to be able to reach out to you one-on-one and chat about sports, news, politics, but in particular, being intentional with your shopping dollars. I'm talking about PatriotSwitch.com. That's a movement that I have joined to be careful with where I spend my money to the extent that I can. Not everything that you buy can you buy from a pro-America, pro-police, pro-foundational values of our country company. But some things you can. Things like shaving cream, dishwashing soap, dishwasher soap, personal care products, vitamins, supplements, on and on and on and on. 400-plus products made by this awesome family-owned company that's been around since the early 1980s, but they do business differently. They don't advertise. They don't stock their products in stores. They sell direct to you. That way they can devote a lot of their money that they would spend on you know, transporting goods to market, store shock, stocking shelf fees, stuff like that, into research and development. All their products are plant-based, so they've never paid an environmental settlement, never paid a personal injury settlement. We love their products in our family, and we feel good because we know that the money that they donate, they're donating to causes that we support, not to causes that we don't support, which is often the case with big conglomerates. If you'd like to hear more about this company, go to PatriotSwitch.com, click on My Name, Bruce Hooley, in the How Did You Hear About Us menu, and I'll reach out to you, and we'll have a nice conversation. And maybe you'll become a member like I have been a member and many others who have heard about Patriot Switch here on the podcast and on my radio show. PatriotSwitch.com, promo code Bruce Hooley. It's not really a promo code. It's a how did you hear about us? And you click my name in the down menu. All right. NBA draft last night. And Malachi Branham lasted longer than I thought he would. And EJ Liddell lasted about as long as I thought he would. I did not think EJ Liddell was a guaranteed first round NBA draft pick because he's a tweener. He just is. Uh, Is E.J. Liddell guaranteed to be a stud at the four position in the NBA? I don't think so because a lot of guys have four or five inches on him. Is E.J. Liddell good enough at creating his own shot that he could be a wing player in the NBA? I don't see that. But the one thing I'll say is I don't put E.J. Liddell changing and becoming a different player, better player beyond the ability of E.J. Liddell because I saw him do that at Ohio State. He added a three-point shot. He became a more well-rounded player. But I do think every player is somewhat limited by certain uh, characteristics that they have. 
And so I don't see EJ ever becoming an NBA three because you're talking about becoming an NBA three, like you got to be among the best you know threes in the world. I don't know that that is within his realm of possibility. But can he carve out a niche as a guy who can shoot NBA threes? Sure. And can he carve out a niche as a guy who can get ten rebounds? Sure. And so I think EJ Liddell could be a guy who could last for a long time in the NBA. But the fact that he's a second round pick of the New Orleans Pelicans makes him a guy who better produce quickly or he'll get on that NBA trade merry-go-round and be, you know, taken here, there, and everywhere. There's such an advantage to being an NBA number one and particularly being a lottery pick, and Malachi Branham is not that, and E.J. Liddell is not that. And so, E.J. Liddell, great Ohio State career. Would he have been a higher pick next year if he'd have stayed at Ohio State? Probably not. So if he wants to go to the NBA, then let him go. But again, name, image, and likeness era, all that. Could he have made decent money at Ohio State as a senior, set himself up in the business community? Kids never evaluate that like they should. But EJ made his choice. He'll live with his choice. I'm sure he's determined. This being picked 41st overall by New Orleans will feed into his, hey, I'm going to prove you're wrong. And I wish him well with all that. Anyway, here's how it sounded when E.J. Liddell was drafted by the New Orleans Pelicans at his draft party in Illinois. Okay, so that's a great moment for E.J. and for his family. His father had to cut out. He'd been in the hospital. He went back to the hospital. Uh, I'm happy for E.J. Liddell. I can't ever complain when a guy gives Ohio State three years. EJ gave Ohio State three years. He played really hard. He was a really good player, particularly his sophomore and his junior year. So I have no ill will toward EJ Liddell, and I wish him well. I really feel sorry for him. He ended up in a crap hole like New Orleans. Uh, But, uh, you know, that's my least favorite city in America. And so I feel bad for you, EJ, that you're there. But some people like it. So to each his own. But EJ off to... The New Orleans Pelicans. The more interesting draft scenario is that Malachi Branham goes to the San Antonio Spurs. Now, I don't share Greg Popovich's politics, shocker of shockers, but ending up with the San Antonio Spurs organization is unquestionably a win for Malachi Branham. Now, there'll be a period, without a doubt, where Greg Popovich will decide to go full metal jacket on Malachi Branham, and we'll talk about he doesn't work hard enough, and he's a prima donna, and you know, this is just Greg Popovich's deal. Every Everybody who plays for Popovich as a young player, pretty much all of them, except Tim Duncan, who he could not alienate or he would not have won with Tim Duncan, he is their enemy before he is their friend. And then he never really advances to anything other than a frenemy, like part friend, part enemy. Ask Manu Ginobili, ask Tony Parker. That's just Greg Popovich's prickly personality. Malachi's a tough enough kid. He can deal with that. And Malachi's a hard worker. And the Spurs will reward that hard work. And they will make him work smart. And he will develop with San Antonio. They picked him 20th. That is a a tremendous value to get a player of Malachi Branham's size and versatility at number 20. Huge, huge, huge get for the San Antonio Spurs at 20. I don't wish the Spurs well, but I wish wish Malachi well. 
I've really gotten to the point where I don't care a whit about NBA or NBA basketball because they've gone full, you know, embracing causes that I don't support. But, you know, in a provincial way, uh, would I love to see the Cavaliers be good again? Sure. Without LeBron? Sure. Uh, I happened upon a video the other night, a video the other night that my three girls recorded right before Game 7 in 2016 where they sang a parody song that they made up to the tune of one of the songs from Frozen about the Cavs beating the Warriors in games five and six and being on the cusp of winning an NBA title. And it was just awesome to watch. First of all, my kids were so much smaller then. And to remember like how invested they were in the Cavs winning and how invested I was in the Cavs winning and how awesome that was on Father's Day, June of 2016, for the Cavs to come back and win Game 7. And I will always share that moment with my oldest daughter, who I made stay up. She was like, I'm going to bed. I can't stand this suspense. I'm like, no, this is history. You're staying up. What if they win it? And they did. So that would be fun to get back to that. But I can't imagine myself ever caring about NBA basketball ever again like I did back then. But... The Cavs had the chance to draft Malachi Branham at 14, and they didn't do it. Now, the Cavs have been, you know, pretty good with their drafting and Evan Mobley and, you know, their front office decisions and all that. Laurie Markinen and all. I get it. I get it. They know what they're doing. But they sold the drafting of Final Four most outstanding player. I don't know how you say this guy. Achai Ogbachi, the kid from Kansas who shot the lights out in the semifinals. He was okay in the finals, too. But in the semis, he was ridiculous. Like, made first five threes or six threes. And so they they deem him ready to come in and catch and shoot and score a bunch of points for the Cavs on the break and fill their need for a shooter. Okay. Good logic. So I look up the kid's three-point percentage. 41%. I look up Malachi's three-point percentage. 41%. Now, Malachi Branham is younger, more well-rounded, can get his own shot, which Ogbachi cannot do. And I'm just of the opinion that the Cavaliers are going to forever regret not drafting Malachi Branham 14. Because I'm not making the case that Malachi Branham's ready to come in and fill the role that they envision for Ochai Ogbachi. I'm making the point that Ochai Ogbachi is not going to give them what they think he's going to give them right away. And in the span of two to three years, Malachi Branham is going to be a guy who's unquestionably, unquestionably a starting two in the NBA and a guy that people are going to have to deal with for 10 to 12 years down the road. So the Cavs had a chance to get a kid from St. V and... I don't care if he's from St. V. I don't care if he's from Akron. I don't care if he's from Ohio State. I care if he's got a ton of potential and is a hard worker. And Malachi Branham is all that. And the Cavs, in my opinion, blew it. Blew it. I wouldn't have... They were were trying to angle to draft E.J. Liddell later in the draft. I wouldn't be sitting here today saying, Oh, they got E.J. Liddell. This is fantastic. Like, I know most Ohio State fans would. It would be fantastic because you could get to see E.J. play more often. But I, I don't give a wit about watching E.J. Liddell play for the Cavs. I care about getting the best player, and when a Malachi Branham falls into your lap at 14 and you let him go and pick a guy from Kansas because 
You think he's some dead-eye shooter and his three-point percentage is the same as Malachi Branham's. You're nuts! How many different options does Kansas have? A ton! How many different options did Ohio State have? One! EJ Liddell and Malachi Branham. That was it. Over his last 10 games, Malachi Branham averaged 20 points a game. Over his last seven, over his last 22 games, he averaged 17 points a game. He can handle it. He can create his own shot. That's a fail by the Cavs. Boop, 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 boop. Fail by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. Failure for me to go this long without telling you about my friends at Willis Spangler Starling. Phenomenal law group. They are a group. They handle a lot of different kinds of cases. I met Hans. Who is this Hans? That's a reference to the Frozen uh, mention earlier in the podcast. Who is this Hans? Hans is a guy who handles a lot of cases at Willis Spangler Starling. And I had the pleasure of playing golf with Hans on Monday. My only round of golf of the year. I played pretty well, but my left knee is jacked up, and I don't know that there'll be any more rounds of golf this year. But there will be many, many reasons for you to need an attorney down the road, whether it's employment law, Social Security disability, personal injury, workers' compensation, wills estate planning, probate. And that is why you need my man Hans and why you need Ashley and Phil and... Stan and Kelly and all the other partners at Willis Spangler Starling. They're located on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. Great people. WillisAttorneys.com. WillisAttorneys.com is the website. Check them out. If you need an attorney, you want a good one, then go find another one. You want a great one? Willis Spangler Starling. Online, WillisAttorneys.com. WillisAttorneys.com. Okay. The Buckeye basketball squad has its matchup in the ACC Big Ten, it's probably not the shootout anymore because you know, it's politically incorrect shootout. It's probably the ACC Big Ten Challenge or something wimpy like that. But it's Duke. You say, didn't they play Duke last year? They did. They played them on November the 30th. They're going to play them this year on November the 30th. Only this year it'll be at Cameron Indoor Stadium. They've played there before. They've lost there before. They've played pretty well there before, but never won. Duke and Ohio State will play for the fifth time in this little ACC Big Ten Hoop Fest, and both teams have won twice. Both teams have won on either their home court or their purported home court. Duke plays like in Greensboro from time to time. But Buckeyes will be going down there, and you say, well, they played last year. They did, but don't think there's going to be a lot of familiarity. Paolo Benchero, number one pick overall from Duke, he's gone. Uh, Mark Williams, their big center's gone. Four of their five starters are gone. To the NBA. Buckeyes, of course, have had a lot of different uh, personnel losses. And so the only guy back for Ohio State will be Zed Key. And Duke has one guy back, and I think he averaged nine points a game. So, And not even Mike Krzyzewski will be back for this game. It'll be John Shire as head coach against Chris Holtman that game November the 30th, Cameron Indoor Stadium. And boy, do I hope I get to go to that because I've never been to Cameron Indoor and that would be a fun place to go. But that's right at the end of football season. So, I don't know. High school football season. I'm really looking forward to high school football season. Which which brings me to a personal uh, shout-out on the podcast. I want to shout-out Coldwater High School football coach Chip Otten. Multiple state champion. And of all the coaches I have covered throughout the years, if you, I can't name the my favorite, but in this iteration of my sports writing career, Going back to covering some high schools for PressProsMagazine.com, Chip Otten is my favorite high school football coach. 
And Chip had a little health scare last week while on vacation. And he is, I am told, doing better. But I want to shout out Chip because I really like Chip. And I really hope Chip is on the sidelines this fall for the Coldwater Cavs as they try to get to their third straight state championship game and win their second state title in three years. And I think Chip won like three or four before that. So tremendous coach, tremendous guy, and uh, tremendous friend. So Chip, get well soon. I'm very sorry to hear about that. Okay, let's switch to a little football, shall we? No, another? No, no, not another Ohio State wide receiver commitment. I know what you're thinking. Come on, it's been two days. (laughs) Brian Hartline gets a breather after getting three in three days. No, this is recruiting news of the nation's top recruit in 2023. Arch Manning has made his decision. And yes, yes, it has ties to Ohio State. No, he's not coming here. Arch Manning is going to Texas. The eyes of Texas are upon Arch Manning. Arch Manning is the son of Cooper Manning. Hence, he is the nephew of of Eli and Peyton Manning. And Arch Manning has been the nation's number one recruit out of, what, Isidore Newman High School in New Orleans. Uh, And so Arch Manning had it down to Alabama, Georgia, and Texas, and he picked Texas. And you say, well, wait a second. Doesn't Texas have Quinn Ewers and his uh, amazing kombucha? Yes. Yes. That is where five-star... Blonde mullet Quinn Ewers landed after leaving Ohio State in his million-dollar, rarely-saw-the-field single season. So Ewers will be able to play this year and next year. Actually, yeah, he'll be able to play this year, sophomore year, next year, junior year, then head to the NFL. So he and Arch Manning will be on campus for one year together, and apparently Arch Manning was not afraid of that. Uh, because he's going to Texas to play for Steve Sarkeesian. So we'll see how that works out. Um, We'll see if Quinn Ewers stays. If Arch Manning beats Quinn Ewers out, I'm guaranteeing you Quinn Ewers won't stay because once you transfer once, it's easy to transfer a second time, although Quinn would have to sit out because he's already exhausted his one-year free transfer. So, yeah, five-star QBs. Looks like Ohio State's not the only place stockpiling them, Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning give Texas a pair, and we will see now if they can uh, get any wide receivers to play with them because there'll be a bunch of them at Ohio State playing for Brian Hartline. So that's the big news. Uh, Arch Manning went down to Georgia. He went to Bama, but Bama took another guy in the class of 2023, so they must have felt like Arch's decision, or at least his visit, didn't go that well. But he is now going to be a Texas Longhorn. Okay, one additional reminder about my longest standing sponsor, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Paul, Grace, Andy, and the team at Hemisphere will give you 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. We tackle life at all caps. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, best coffee, tea, cocoa chocolate, and other items shipped right to your door. Free shipping on orders of $30 or more. And think of that, you'll get more when you order with the promo code WETACKLELIFE. They buy their coffee from growers in countries where the climate is conducive to growing great coffee, Nicaragua, Thailand, Ethiopia. And you wouldn't have access to it unless Paul had relationships with missionaries in those countries. He does, and so you get the benefit. And yes, 
the money that he spends to buy their coffee then goes to further ministry efforts around the world. So it's a great, great way for you to, again, vote with your dollars for a cause that is embraceable. You not only can do it through Patriot Switch and clicking my name, Bruce Hooley, you can do it through HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Make sure you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. That way they know you heard about them on the We Tackle Life podcast, and their relationship with me will continue as I want it to because they are great, great, great people. Had the chance to go out there and visit with Paul and his wonderful uh, home church group a few months ago. And in that vein, I will be guesting on a radio show on Sunday morning. And you can listen to that if you'd like to at about 10 after 9 on Study His Word Radio. The website is studyhiswordradio.org. I'm looking forward to visiting with uh, Pastor Craig Heilman. Uh, He has been a pastor since 1997. Uh, You will hear it on WWGH 1071 in Marion, Ohio. And I have uh, no, no specific idea of what Pastor Craig is going to talk with me about, but he's basically going to ask me about my faith story and about my work history, and I'm sure we'll get into the things that I've talked with you guys about before, about how work adversity and other things have... Um, have shaped my life, my faith life. So I'm looking forward to talking with Pastor Craig Heilman on Sunday morning on WWGH 1071 FM in Marion, Ohio. The website for the station is WWGH1071.com, WWGH1071.com. And if you don't hear it Sunday morning because you're in church or doing something else, that you shouldn't be doing because you should be in church, <laughs> then you can listen to it on the archive, which is also there at Study His Word radio.org or at wwgh1071.com. I appreciate Pastor Craig uh, reaching out and asking me to be on his show. Likewise, I appreciate a heads up from my former plane dealer colleague, Tim Rogers. Tim is now handling uh, publicity for the Ohio Open, Northern Ohio PGA, and all those kinds of things. And upcoming Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is the Ohio Open at Westfield Country Club. A phenomenal complex of two golf courses owned by Westfield Insurance up uh, just tucked behind the outlet malls there at Route 83 and I-71 in Lodi. And a guy I've known for years, known of for years, Bob Sowards, the club pro at Kinsale Golf and Fitness Club, is going for a historic win in the Ohio Open. It would be his fourth Ohio Open win, and it would be the first time ever that someone has won the Ohio Senior Open and the Ohio Open in the same year. So I thought it would be interesting to bring Bob onto the podcast to talk about that, but to also talk about the Live Golf Tour and about the PGA Tour and about where golf is these days, because you hear a lot of chatter about it in the aftermath of the U.S. Open, after which Brooks Kepka has now become the biggest name to join the Live Golf Tour. Now, if you're a golfer and you follow golf, particularly in Central Ohio for any length of time, you know the name Bob Sowards. As I said, he's won the Ohio Senior Open four times in a row, and now he's going for his fourth Ohio Open title. So we welcome Bob Sowers to the program. Bob, you're getting a little greedy trying to win your fourth Ohio Open. <laughs> yeah, fourth time. Just says I'm old. Well, I don't think you're very old. You're a little bit younger than me. You're 54 years old, and as I said, you've done a ton of great things in golf. 
you've won what three Ohio Opens. You've won the Ohio Senior Open. Uh, am I right? Four years in a row, and you'd be the first guy ever to win the Senior Open and the Ohio Open in the same year. Is that something you're thinking about, or is that something you put out of your mind? And once all the 54 holes are played, then if it happens, it happens. Yeah, I put it out of my mind. It'd be pretty cool to be the first one to do something like that, but you can't really go in thinking about that. I know Tim is Tim Rogers has has told me that, and uh, you know, a couple years ago, I I kind of pissed away the the tournament um, last three or four holes, but uh, I'll put that out of my mind and try to try to just uh, grind out a good score, fifty four holes, and see what happens. Well, you've obviously played with the pressure of being the defending champion before in big events, so tell me. You know what your mindset is going into Westfield. I guess it's. Uh, I've played the one course up there. I've not played the new, uh, the redesigned Lynx side. But does Westfield set up for you? Do you feel pretty confident about uh, that particular course and how it fits your game? Yeah, I like those courses. Um, I know they're not very long, so it's it's more of a strategic thing. And and you know your second shots hitting wedges, scoring scoring shots. I know you're going to have to shoot shoot quite a few under par to win. I saw the scores last year. Uh, I think 11 under one for two days. Um, so I'm going in knowing I have to play aggressive and uh, got to be got to be on top of my game because it's a really quality field, best players in Ohio, obviously, and um, it, it, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult task. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite tournaments to cover in the years that I was at the Plain Dealer was always the Ohio Amateur, and you know this is infinitely harder than winning the Amateur because you could, you're playing against pros, and I've seen you play before uh, in the PGA Club Pro Tournament. Uh, I know you've been on the PGA Tour. Uh, that kind of experience, I would imagine, serves you pretty well when being you know bulletproof against nerves and some of the things that might bite somebody who's trying to win an event like this for the first time. Yeah, I... I... I have a lot of good memories to draw upon. Um, I don't get too nervous anymore. I mean, you still you still get intense and you still have to have the butterflies, but I know kind of how to how to channel it. I'm not afraid of it anymore. So it's uh, with experience comes a lot of a lot of good things. So uh, I'll, I'll go in. I'm I'm playing well going in. I've been playing well the last couple of weeks, and uh, you know I'm excited for the week. So just can't wait to do it. Bob Sowards is our guest, and Bob is the uh, pro at Kinsale Golf and Fitness Club. And I I play Kinsale a, a time or two every summer, and to me, it's like it's impossibly hard and shouldn't be because when you look at it, it's wide open. But man, I I finally figured out that the the difficulty at Kinsale is around the greens and the way the greens are sloped and everything like that. Just talk a little bit about Kinsale and about uh, that club and. If people don't know about it, uh, what it is about being at Kinsale that helps you prepare for an event like the Ohio Open coming up on Monday? Well, playing a difficult course is, is always good because typically I play courses that are quite a bit easier than Kinsale. Like you said, it, I mean, they get, pretty much give you the tee ball. It's, it's, it's an open course off the tee. The, the difficulty is around the greens. If you start missing the greens, the, the, the green complexes are difficult to get up and down. It kind of matches my strength. My strength's always been short games, so uh, I typically play well there. But um, hit, you know, hitting green, hitting greens is difficult there because the golf course is like almost 7,400 yards from all the way back, mm-hmm. so it's long too. And you know, going going into different courses, it gives me the confidence playing there that uh, I know I'm playing an easier course than I than I normally do. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Bob Sowards, the four-time 
Senior Open, Ohio Senior Open winner. He's going for uh, becoming the first guy to win the Senior Open and the Ohio Open in the same year. The tournament 54 holes starts Monday at Westfield in Lodi. And, you know, Bob, your experience in golf, uh, you've played in a lot of tour events. You know the game. You understand uh, the politics of the game, the sponsorships of the game and all that. I'd be remiss with an experienced voice like you and somebody who understands it with a perspective that most people don't to get your view of of golf right now. I mean, the big, uh, you know, uh, topic is the Live Tour sponsored by the Saudis. And a lot of uh, name players are leaving the PGA Tour to go over there. I haven't gotten into the weeds too much on it. I just would be curious to know what your thoughts are about uh, the mindset behind the guys who have done that and how you feel about it as you view it from your perspective. Well, I mean, I've, t- I've talked a lot about this with, with, with some of my friends and, and some former tour friends and stuff like that. And, and you know, to be quite honest, it, it, it is absolutely life-changing money uh, for most of those guys that are that are – switching you know brooks and dj and phil and all those guys i mean dj's getting money where he would have to play for 10 more years on tour to to do that and i understand both sides um but i can understand the mindset of of going over there i mean you know most of the guys that have went over there kind of tail into their career so they don't have a lot of big paydays left uh, westwood and Poulter and those guys mickelson so uh but it's definitely putting a uh, putting a strain on golf because you always love seeing the best players play in, in the same tournament and see who comes out on top. Um, it, it's kind of a sad day in golf, sad time in golf right now, and hopefully, hopefully it all gets worked out for the best and and then everybody gets gets back to playing the same same tournaments again. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I kind of, I mean, I, I understand the objection, the philosophical objection. I also see other sports that have relationships with countries that if you want to say, well, they do this and they do that. You you can do that all day long. And I, I'm about the golf. I mean, I, I try not to bring politics into the golf, and I just want to see major fields that have the best players in it. And I think we'll continue to see that. But I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really feel comfortable with the tour reacting the way the tour has reacted, but I don't understand the tour like maybe a player like you does. Have you been surprised by the tour's reaction to this like saying, you guys, if you're going to play on the live tour, you can't play on our tour. Well, I mean, I, I know they they have a pretty much a monopoly on on, on professional golf, uh, owning the Corn Ferry Tour, Champions Tour, basically the uh, European Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and seeing seeing the all all of a sudden the prize money doubles or whatever it, recently. It kind of makes you understand that Mickelson probably had had quite a few facts in, in what he was saying, even though he, he uh, kind of butchered butchered it how he said it. But there's um, there was definitely more money there to be paid to the players. Um, all of a sudden, they found it. So I'm not sure sure where that came from, but hopefully uh, hopefully they they don't lose. Many of these top players. The only thing that I that I blame the players for for flipping is the ones like Brooks and DJ that said they're loyal to the PGA Tour and definitely staying on the PGA Tour. And then all of a sudden they they get a, a monetary amount that sways their sways their thinking, and then they change. So uh, you know if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna say that in public, then uh, 
Stick to your guns. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Our guest is Bob Sowards, and Bob tees it up on Monday in the 54-hole Ohio Open. He won the Senior Open for the fourth consecutive time earlier this year at Firestone. He's playing at Westfield starting Monday, then Tuesday and Wednesday. And I don't know, Bob, final days before you prepare, uh, how will you do it? Do you play, play uh, you know, uh, an actual round of golf every day up until then? Do you work on specific aspects of your game? Uh, how will you be rested, ready, and fully prepared when you tee it up on Monday? Well, I would like to play every day, but that's that's kind of tough because I've been working a lot. Uh, we had junior camp last week, so I put in about 70 hours last week. Um, but I played well Monday in our section tournament and got got the win and uh, worked uh, you know 10 hours Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now now I start start quieting down as far as I'm trying to I'm gonna practice this afternoon play Sunday up there at, uh, I think, the North Course. I haven't played there in a while, so I don't, I don't remember the courses that well, so mm-hmm. I'm going to play one and drive around one, and and that'll be my prep. Most of my preparation will come from chipping and putting. I know I'll, I'll hit it good enough to score, but um, my scoring shots are the ones that you, you kind of need to practice. Well, we certainly wish you well, Bob. You've been a great, great representative of the game in Central Ohio and beyond for a long, long time, and it would be quite a feather in your cap to be the first guy ever to win the Senior Open and the Ohio Open in the same year. Uh, Good luck to you, and uh, hopefully I'll see you out at Kinsale sometime soon. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Nice, Nice talking to you. That dude can play some golf, man. I've watched him play PGA Club Pro Championship at Longaburger, what used to be Longaburger anyway. (laughs) He is a player. It goes to show you how hard it is to win. He's played a lot of tour events, uh, has not won a tour event. And it's just, I mean, you know, you tee it up in a field with 144 players. And if you win once, you're set for like 10 years. But if somebody else, just one other guy, is better than you in that one week that you're dialed in, well then, you know, you don't get the benefit of having that time that you were, for one week, good enough to get the avenue to play and get access to the crazy money that they play for on the tour. Now, Saudi money is absolutely outrageous. Uh, It's also outrageous if you work hard, form a business, employ people, and one mistake when it comes to dealing with people from an HR perspective, costs you your business. Particularly, particularly, it's crazy when you could have stopped that from happening by investing $25 a week as a business owner in HR. I'm talking about ClarityHR.com. ClarityHR.com is an Ohio-based firm. So you're not calling California some call center in New York asking your HR questions. No, it's Ohio people with Ohio values and Ohio understanding of Ohio law and of federal law. 25 bucks a week, less than that, because it's less than $100 a month, will get you a personalized HR specialist. You get them an hour of conversation a month, 12 hours a year. They do an HR audit. They take you through all the aspects of your business, bulletproof it, and then are there to answer questions. Is it worth $25 a week? I mean, you got to be kidding me, right? Like, if you don't see the value, mm, I can't help you. But I think you do see the value, and I'm telling you the people who are behind ClarityHR.com are fantastic people, and they love, 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 love business owners who they can help flourish and prosper. So there it is for you, ClarityHR.com. Tell them you heard about it on the We Tackle Life podcast when you reach out to ClarityHR.com.
All right, in the faith portion of the podcast today, I spent my morning reading the longest book in the Bible, Psalm 119. It is the second time that I have read it in the last two months because I'm now on a Bible reading schedule that has me reading at least five Psalms a day so I can read through the book of Psalms every month and my typical uh, one chapter of Proverbs a day, although I typically read more than that. The theme of Proverbs is unquestionably wisdom, how to get wisdom from God's perspective, which is God gives wisdom. It says the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The greatest verse of all time, the goat verse, Proverbs 23, 23. That's why I call it the goat verse. 23, 23. Get it? Jordan, LeBron, 23, greatest of all time. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. That's the greatest verse of all time, because if you get wisdom from God's hand, mind, heart, then you will be wise, and you will understand so much more about our culture right now. So the theme of Proverbs is wisdom. I would say that the theme of the book of Psalms, 150 chapters, is the majesty of God, the majesty of God, the amazing nature of God that comes through to me loud and clear in the Psalms. And Psalm 119, though it is the longest book of the Bible, take you a while to read it, it is, to me, perfectly in character with the rest of the Psalms that pay homage to God's majesty. But Psalm 119, in particular, pays homage to God's law, the Ten Commandments. That's a way to summarize God's law. Don't cheat, don't steal, don't lie, don't envy, don't commit adultery, don't murder. Okay? So Psalm 119, which is a literary masterpiece, and there are many reasons for that, uh, which you can find if you want to Google Psalm 119 and view it from a literary perspective, but from a scriptural perspective, What comes across to me loud and clear in the uh, numerous verses of Psalm 19, Psalm 119, of which there are uh, 100 and, uh, yeah, yeah, where's the end of Psalm 119? (laughs) Psalm 120 is not short either. Psalm 119 has 152, 174, 176 verses in Psalm 119, okay? No, I'm not going to read them all. Don't panic, okay? But throughout the psalm of, you know, this particular psalm is this extolling, magnifying, and uh, uh, um, compliment toward God's law. It starts like this. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. I'm just going to randomly pick out sections here that resonated with me that talk about God's law. Verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. All right, let's just pick another one from the, let's pick something from the 120s. Uh, Okay, Psalm 126, it is time for you to act, O Lord. Your law is being broken. 
Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. Okay, from the 130s, the statutes you have laid down are righteous. They are fully trustworthy. Yes, they are. And on and on and on and on, the psalmist goes. And he is extolling the law of God and the characteristics of the law of God. And so... Today, of all days, the day that abortion is overturned by the Supreme Court, the right to abortion in the Constitution is overturned by the Supreme Court. Abortion will still continue, regrettably enough, in some states that um, want to allow it. But hopefully Ohio will not be one of those states because I believe strongly life begins at conception. What happens if you leave that baby alone? It becomes a living, breathing human being. You have to kill it in order for it not to be that. That is murder. There is no other way around it. The reason why abortion activists talk about the mom and health care and reproductive rights and this, that, and the other is because if they have to talk about the baby, well, then they got a problem because that's a life and everybody knows it. Our country is struggling and has struggled for a long time as we have become far less observant and respectful of law. Not just God's law, but law in general. We are in an era where the inner cities of the United States are dangerous places. People are murdered at record rates. There is a disrespect for the law. People who are trained to enforce the law, police officers and others, are not esteemed in our society because we have not elevated and respected law. Uh, We have a lot of things that are evil that are called good. We have a lot of things that are rampantly disobedient that are extolled, magnified, respected, and they should not be. And this is what happens when God's law is violated. In our culture, law has a bad name. It's labeled restrictive, racist, oppressive, unfair, punitive. But as I said, the psalmist talks about God's law being virtuous, giving you wisdom, giving you freedom. Think of that, giving you freedom. People look at laws, oh, it's restrictive. I can't do, I can't do, I can't do. The reason why God establishes things you cannot do in his law is because they are bad for you. Yes, they're bad for other people too, but they are bad for you. In terms of abortion, how many women suffer psychologically, medically, emotionally from aborting a child that was a part of them? That's why I'm so adamantly pro-life is because not only am I trying to protect that child, I'm trying to protect that Mom. So God's law is, it's so many things. It provides comfort and hope and purity and faithfulness. And it is, yes, a necessity for salvation, not in that you earn your salvation by obeying God's law, but that you obey God's law to express your gratitude for salvation and your understanding that we and our desires must be submitted to God's authority. And if we do not do that, if we do not prize that, treasure that in our world, 
we will live in a world that is more dangerous, that is more hateful, that is more strife-torn. And this has happened in many societies prior to ours. This has happened in many great societies of all time. Why does every great regime end? The Roman Empire, the Ottoman Empire, this empire, that empire. You can say it's conquered by someone else, but why is it conquered by someone else? Because it deteriorates from within. And why does it deteriorate from within? Because it ceases to observe law and order. And we have been given the law of God preserved over centuries for us to learn from and follow. And if we do not do that, and we are not doing that in our country at large, although today was certainly a step in the right direction, then we are doomed like every other great culture that came before us. I would implore you at the end of this podcast to pray for the safety of our nation and our Supreme Court justices and their families and everyone else out there who is pro-life. I had somebody today say, how dare you gloat over this? People are going to die because of this ruling. And I'm sadly afraid he's right. But no one who dies as a result of this ruling will be as defenseless as the millions of children who have died in the womb. They did not have a choice whether to live or die. The people who enact violence in the wake of this ruling are evil people who should be punished to the fullest extent of the law if they do indeed cause harm to others over a ruling on abortion. So my rejoicing is tempered with concern for those who have taken a courageous stand and who will now face perhaps punitive actions because of that courageous stand. It's just the latest demonstration of our lack of respect for law and order, not just in our country, but in our relationship with our Creator. And with that, I leave you to enjoy your weekend and look forward to speaking to you again next week on the We Tackle Life podcast. 